you forgot the, I the forget? you're into the bargain you, you agreed oh, yes. to in doing this. I have to eat kangaroo. Yep. <laughs> you haven't had kangaroo before? Oh, Did Travis, just, where yeah. would I have eaten kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> Do they serve it at Outback? Because I could go try it there. <laughs> Happy New Year, and welcome to Take Off, a Points and Miles podcast by 10X Travel. I'm your host, Bryce, and as usual today, I'm joined by Emily, Travis, and Matt. We'll get to how you're doing in just a minute. But first, if you're still new to Points and Miles or just feel like you could use a refresher, we recommend going back and listening to episodes one through six of this podcast, where we cover the fundamentals of Points and Miles. As you're planning your 2024 Points and Miles strategy, don't forget that we have all the tools that you need to make this your best year of travel yet. Make it easy to book award travel by becoming a member of 10X Travel Plus. As a member, you'll receive tons of member-only perks, including an annual free award booking, award space email alerts before anyone else gets them, and the opportunity to book two one-on-one consultations with a member of our 10X Travel staff. Might even be me. I actually have one of those right after this podcast. You can manage all your points and miles in one place with our free tool called My 10X, including a feature called My Next Card, which makes it easy to choose the best single next card for you based on the cards you already have. And when in doubt, don't forget to consult our best cards list, which is updated every month to save you time hunting down the best signup bonuses and cardholder perks. You can find that linked in our show notes or by going to 10xtravel.com and clicking on best credit cards. Now, with that said, how's everyone doing this morning? Pretty good over here. I'm good. Doing well myself. Likewise, I had to to get settled outside of the home office today, which meant packing up my microphone, my webcam, all of the cords, being sure I had all of those, biking to the co-working space and getting set up with about 15 minutes to spare. But I've got <laughs> full cup of coffee here. Sorry, uh, they are not an official sponsor. Uh, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Anyway. In today's episode, the first one of 2024, we're looking ahead and breaking down our points and miles strategy for the year, including cards we're keeping, downgrading, and ones we're considering getting rid of, our own points and miles resolutions, the trips that we plan to take and how we're going to get there, and more. So I know I already asked how everyone's doing, but I want to go around one more time with kind of an opening prompt and ask just generally how you feel you did last year with points and miles, any particular high points, low points, mistakes, things you wish you did differently, I guess to sum it all up, how was your points and miles 2023? I feel pretty, pretty good about it. I think I kind of slowed down compared to previous years, which is interesting because I, it was also the year that I got married and spent thousands of dollars. So I could have probably been a little bit more proactive about that, but I'm not upset with how I did last year. Uh, I think there's some stuff I can improve on, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about throughout this episode, but in general, I, I got a few ink cards, I think. And what else did I get? Some American Airlines cards. So yeah, I, I feel good. I ended the year on a pretty, pretty good note. Emily, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little disappointed that in the 2023 recap for you, you didn't mention first international yeah. fly flat True. slash premium cabin flight. We were all very excited about that. True. It's just, yes. she's just so used to it now that it yeah. didn't even you know, jump out. Or it's like, oh my gosh, this milestone happened. She's already forgotten <laughs> right. about flying economy. Yeah, that's that's true. It's uh, so far in the back of my mind, I, I couldn't even remember. But yeah, you're right. I did fly in a premium cabin for the first time this year. So that's a big win. Got to pat myself on the back for that Congratulations. one. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Travis, Matt, how did your 2023 go? Mine was just kind of chill. I opened three whole credit cards this year. 
I did wow. one uh, Amex Business Platinum and two the Chase Inc. cards, kind of one earlier in the year when it was at 90K and then one towards the end of the year when it was back at 90K. So I got kind of lucky that that offer came around. I was able to get two different ones and that was it. So in terms of new cards and welcome offers, not an overly exciting year for me. And then neither for my wife, Ashley, either. We only had her do two cards. So we opened a total of five cards uh, this whole year and that was it. So that's, I, I don't have a readily accessible sort of deep log to be able to quickly glance at to see year by year since we've been doing this, you know, how many cards we did each or, or I should correct myself. I didn't want to put in the work to uh, tabulate that, but I, I feel <laughs> like this was probably our lowest uh, year in terms of opening new cards since we've been involved with points and miles together. So you don't have a 2023 points and miles Spotify wrapped. <laughs> I do not. No, no, I do <laughs> not cool, have though. my wrapped. Yes. Do not have my wrapped accessible. Spotify, if you're looking for another sponsor, right here, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, like we're on Spotify. So would Spotify yeah. advertise on Spotify? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you deep. see that though. Like you're watching like a TV network and there's an ad for that TV network. And it's like, I'm already someone here. Someone must know but... <laughs> something that I don't, but like, why are you doing this? But they know that we're, well, I say they know. Theoretically, they know that we're also on other platforms like Apple Podcasts. YouTube. So it's That's advertising true. that they can know is going to be played on their competitors. I feel like with that logic, we'll take our first ad break and tell you about, we're sponsored by Takeoff, a podcast by 10X Travel. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about it, but you can download it and listen to it the same place you're listening to it right now. Thank you, Takeoff, for sponsoring it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Travis, how was your 2023 of points and miles or in general? My trend's pretty similar. I I started off the year with a good enough stash of points to not feel like I needed to to really be opening a lot of cards. Um, I think that that's kind of coming post-pandemic, had a lot of time to earn, not, a, not as many opportunities to burn. So I didn't tabulate exactly how many cards, but very similar to Matt, I think I did about three or four. I know I did an Ink Preferred, an Ink Unlimited. Uh, I think I did did a Sapphire Preferred again this year as well. So that was, that was nice. Don't forget about your uh, Amex Blue business, whatever the appropriate name is for that one. <laughs> I won't. Yeah. My <laughs> uh, American Express Blue Business Plus. I honestly, I can never remember which one the plus or the preferred earns the points versus the cash back. I obviously did the one that earned the points, just finished one myself, did one for my wife. we Total did maybe six to eight cards this year. Just uh, have felt like that's a good enough pace to keep earning the points that, that we need. Should we take a step back and acknowledge that it would sound insane to a normal person to say, <laughs> I only got eight credit cards this year. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody chop that clip and send it to Dave Ramsey, please. <laughs> I, you know, I, I admittedly, I don't like it as much. For people who are new getting into this, but as someone who's been in it for a while, I definitely have enjoyed some of the welcome offer sign up bonuses on cards that are tiered with higher spends. For someone new, there's certainly an opportunity cost there, but as someone who's reducing the number of cards that I'm opening, um, just because I have a good stash of points, it's kind of nice to 
open one and just kind of keep using it for a while, not having to change my billing on as many things to hit that second tier. There's certainly an opportunity cost there that a lot of people need to consider before doing that. But it's helped my credit cool off, my 524 cool off. So yeah, that's been kind of a nice change of pace for me. Got it. And for me, my 2023 was another great year of points and miles. And I think I'm following the same path that all three of you are. I, I opened fewer cards in that year than probably any year prior. I think uh, my wife and I each did probably three or four. And similar to y'all, we, we each did in one of the inks, the No Fee 90K inks. We each did the Venture X. And I think I did one targeted Amex card. I think it was the same, the Blue Business Plus, because it was like the 75K target offer for me. So we can kind of be more opportunistic. And that seems to be a, a trend across all of us. So I wanted to quickly go back around and ask if, if any of you had a hunch as to why that is. I think most people who are listening are probably surprised to hear that. Like these kind of points and miles gurus have been doing this for a long time or each opening fewer cards than you would guess. Anyone have any hunches as to to why you you did that this year? I think there's just a natural progression to the fact that it's so easy to earn points and harder to spend to where if you've been doing this for five or six years, you're just inevitably going to have, you know, maybe five or 600,000 of a certain currency. Um, and so, you know, maybe, a, maybe that's Chase Ultimate Rewards points for you. And obviously that can afford a ton of opportunity on the redemption side, but a lot of times maybe it's just your schedule or, or life gets in the way and you, you kind of just can't use them. So, you know, it might, it might get to the point where, hey, I don't need another hundred thousand of these that I may not spend for another year or two. I'll just kind of wait and bide my time and, and not necessarily open a new card and then, you know, have just kind of a natural cooling off period. Yeah. It's almost like when, when you're getting started, you're building this arsenal of points to use, but you know, because having a diverse number of points gives you a diverse number of options for booking your trip. But once you've got that arsenal built up, it's just kind of about maintaining it. And I think that's probably where a lot of us are again, especially between what was it? 2020 to 2022, not traveling as much really built up that balance of points. So for me, it's definitely been more just about maintaining having the points that I want rather than needing to earn a certain amount, which I think is like Matt said, kind of a natural progression that you fall into. You might think a lot of people find themselves generally slowing down after maybe a year or two of doing this because you realize what your velocity is, how many points you need to earn to take the trips that you want, but you had to build up a balance first to get there and get that experience and get that exposure to, to know that. I think also piggybacking on that too, you, once you get a hang of this, you kind of understand your travel style, what hotels brands you're typically favoring, maybe airline alliances or whatever. So you may not need American airlines points. So like, just because there's a great offer on that card, it may not be a good fit for you or, you know, IHG or whatever it might be. And so you may just kind of want to be focused on a few different flexible currencies, not every single one. And I think that's a good strategy. It's not worth chasing every offer if you're really not going to be able to have a good redemption of those points. I'm, I'm particularly curious to hear if Emily has any thoughts on this too, because Emily, you mentioned you have wedding travel like crazy. You had your own honeymoon travel and such. So it sounds like you burned a lot of points, yet you still are in our, our same boat of opening few cards in 2023. Can you kind of walk us through what what yeah. you think kind of led you to that strategy? Yeah, well, I think so. I had a lot of travel, but I also had a lot of points built up from like Matt and Travis were saying from COVID where I didn't really get to burn them as quickly as I normally would have. Most of 
my travel with the exception of one trip was domestic. So that was pretty much all companion pass, all Southwest. So I had probably like between 75 and a hundred thousand of those points. Plus it's buy one, get one free. So I wasn't really working on earning more than that because that pretty much covered all my domestic travel for, for the year. And then for the, for my one international, international trip, I was already sitting on some United miles. So those helped. I, I, yeah, I just, (laughs) I, I could have been more strategic about it, but like everyone's been saying, I just have such a stash at this point that it doesn't feel like every time I'm getting to the end of a three month minimum spend period, I have to immediate, immediately apply for another card. Okay. So I'm in the exact same boat and I think there's a pretty clear pattern here. Is this what points and miles like financial independence looks like? Like we all <laughs> have a firing? big enough stash. <laughs> yeah. Fire pyre point. Yeah. I don't know. We'll come up with a new one and own that one, but <laughs> it's almost like we can, we can all kind of be more selective because we, we don't need points as quick as we can. And I, I can speak from, for myself. I ended 2023 with more points than I started it with. And that includes like a couple of international premium cabin trips with a family of five. So it's almost like points earning is like, maybe it's the card offers, but it's pretty easy now. And we all have quite a few points and it's like, we don't have to kind of hustle, hustle, hustle to get every single point that we can. That sounds like that's where we're at. I saw someone in our 10X Travel Insider Facebook group recently, uh, every Tuesday we post a thread called Noob's Day asking whether or not they should redeem their points or pay cash. And they were in this gridlock of, well, I'm getting two cents per point, but I could also just pay cash instead and save these for another redemption. And this was someone who was new, who was uh, sharing that they spent so long earning their points that they're kind of having a hard time letting go of them. And I think this is a really good way to illustrate, um, kind of like Bryce said, that it's getting harder to redeem them. But like I've been doing this by the time this airs about eight years now, maybe. And even every time banks change rules and stuff, I think it's getting harder on like, that's my initial reaction, but it hasn't. It's not gotten harder to earn points. It's only gotten harder to redeem them. So when given an opportunity to redeem your points, I would encourage you to do that because so far for me, and I welcome y'all's experience, it hasn't gotten harder to earn them. It's only gotten harder to redeem them. I think the only only sort of counter to that I would say is we'll see card eligibility restrictions get applied. So you know, you used to be able to get a Sapphire Preferred and a Sapphire Reserve, and then they created the Sapphire Family Rule. So essentially, you can only get one of those every four years. They rec- Amex recently rolled out some changes on the Amex Gold and Platinum to where now there's just kind of an order you have to follow. You can still get them, but only if you sort of follow a certain process. So harder, but still totally doable. Yeah, yeah. Like, it definitely, like, I guess I don't want to give the impression that it's not getting harder, but the rate at which it's getting harder is not faster than the rate at which it's getting harder to redeem. What a concept. Banks don't move overly fast. (laughs) (laughs) Bank error in your favor because they are very slow icebergs. Collect 10,000 points. Yes. I think I maybe have the most important prompt of all though. Recapping 2023. How many times did you guys fly Emirates first class in 2023? Oh, <laughs> Hey, wait a second. I thought that we were putting this joke to bed. <laughs> Do I need to squash this? I can actually see the spray water bottle from where I'm sitting right now. So, uh, 
but I mean, one for me, but yeah. <laughs> zero uh, for me. Yeah. Zero, zero times. Yeah. I got to step it up. We will, uh, three different flights on Emirates wow. first. Yeah. Sheesh. My, my I, way back I, don't, from, I don't think I realized that. It was one itinerary, but it was my flight back from the Maldives. I went from Maldives to Sri Lanka, then Sri Lanka to Dubai, and then Dubai to Houston. Nice. Maldives, Sri Lanka is on Emirates. Did yep. I freedom? Yep. Nice. How far is that flight? <laughs> like an hour. <laughs> it's like oh, Houston. Okay. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's basically the same experience as flying Southwest from Houston to Dallas. Yeah. A hundred right, times. Right. <laughs> mm, yeah. Hey, that's good. That might be coming up for you soon. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one more thing I want to ask about 2023 in review before we kind of move on to 2024. I want to ask how each of you kind of go through like auditing your points and miles activity, if you will. Do you have any spreadsheets, processes, checklists that you use to kind of make sure you're getting all the perks out of your cards, making sure that you're kind of using your points and miles in a way that you wanted to, managing how many that you have? You kind of just walk us through how you think through that. Yeah, I've got a spreadsheet where... I keep track of the the big credits. Uh, so I've got my $10 monthly wireless phone bill credit from the business platinum card from American Express on there. But in addition to that, I've got the any cards that have hotel credits and any cards that have airline credits. So I keep them on there. Um, admittedly, I'll do maybe half of them when I start the year and then I'll get tired and wait until the very end of the year and try to dig out those cards and find them. So I have the card numbers to go and be sure that I'm using all of those credits. That's mostly my end of year audit is more focused on credits rather than what cards I have. I kind of get more intuition about what points I need simply because, oh, I just booked a trip and burned a lot of Hyatt points. So I would like to earn some more Hyatt or Ultimate Rewards points. So my earning strategy isn't so much like a one-time audit type thing, but in terms of being sure that I'm getting the benefits from my cards, that's something that, yeah, I just keep a simple spreadsheet, list them on there. And right about this time of year, I'm like, hmm, I still have like $900 in airline credits that I got to (laughs) use. I'm going to need a copy of the spreadsheet because I am notoriously bad about this. Like I, th- I, I just try and remember them in my head. And right now I think I have a Saks credit that I need to use. I think I have a Ritz-Carlton credit that I need to use. And there are not that many days left in this year. There's not. <laughs> so. There's not. Well, and we'll a quick, have- quick clarification for those listening. We are recording this in Dece- early December of 2023. So we're talking about 2024 resolutions, but a lot of these uh, kind of credits we're referring to are based on calendar year. And that's why we're talking about still having them available. Yeah. And it, it is, it is one of those, like I do it now and then come January, I'll do it right again. So that way I'm, it's the new year. So I try to get them done early. I just get kind of tired of it or get distracted. I'll definitely send you the spreadsheet, Emily. It's not anything fancy. It's literally just what card I have and what credit. So it's like, here's the group for travel credits. Have I redeemed that yes or no? That'll work for me. <laughs> nice and easy. I'll, I'll provide some some critiques. I'll send back some formatting notes and we can <laughs> we can improve on it. <laughs> Perfect. Matt, how about you? Anything to add on your process for reviewing your points? I notes? have no formal process. I I actually have very few cards that have credits, which is kind of sort of seems to be an outlier in this space. I don't have an Amex personal platinum. I have the business platinum. So like I don't have the monthly 
Uber Eats credits or I guess Uber credits or dining credits, things like that. The only card that comes to mind that I have the Marriott Bonvoy Brilliant card and that has the $25 a month restaurant credit. And I literally use that maybe six months out of the year. So I leave a lot of money on the table unintentionally, but just because not necessarily something I focus on or I do it when I remember. But I also don't feel like just because I didn't use it that if it's a complete loss, I still get tons of value out of that particular card or some of my other ones, even if I don't maximize every single credit that they give me. But I also maybe inadvertently sort of structured my 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 wallet in a way that I don't have just tons of credits every month that I have to use, which is probably better for me. The biggest are I have a couple of business platinum, so I have a lot of Dell credits to use. So that's my big task for the end of the year is is try and find something I need on Dell.com and Every time I've tried to find it, I don't need anything. So I'm just, again, it's just these like, I have these credits, but I don't really need anything. I'll um, uh, give you my address if you want to send me like a surprise okay. yeah. gift. <laughs> Seems like today I should have ordered you a podcast mic stand. I Man, I'm going to help you out here. So yep. I use my Dell credits to buy light bulbs, Philips Hue light bulbs. Yeah. Yeah, the smart bulbs. I've also bought like lamps, like the amount of them that I've gotten added to my house is tremendous. But now I've got like lighting around my TV. They're like expensive and it's not something that I would want to like, you know, I wouldn't want to spend 40 bucks on a light bulb normally, but it is really nice. And knowing that it's a use of that credit. Helps. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. We have a very, very smart home. So it'll probably go to that. I, some of it's also just, eh, I haven't sat down to put in the actual work to find it. I've browsed, but haven't made yeah. a final decision. So, but oh, well. I do want to to focus on a point that Matt made about some of these smaller credits is a lot of times I see people getting hung up on trying to maximize their credits. And it's, it is money that you're leaving on the table. But most of the value that we get from cards year over year doesn't come from credits. I generally don't keep a card open just because of credits, even if it's a, oh, this is break even on the annual fee. I personally find that credits are more like an extra bonus for me than anything. Uh, That's all they are. It's a bonus way of getting value. It's not a primary way of getting value. Does anyone treat them any any differently? (laughs) I mean, there's some that I definitely place higher value on than others that I try and make sure I use. Like with the Amex Platinum, I want to make sure I use the the $200 airline credit or the $200 fine hotels and resorts. That's mm-hmm. I think what, what it's called. Because um, those ones, like that's a pretty big chunk if you can use them. But the other stuff, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to be sad if I don't use the $50 sax credit before the end of the year. It's okay. I'll probably end up spending like with shipping and then I'll be like, okay, I just spent $7 and have to spend. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I I I think about them the same way. And I feel that way about the fine hotels resorts credit anymore. It seems like it's a $2 credit, but all the hotels are very very fine resorts, if you will. So it's like, okay, you have $2 off and the cheapest place you can book is 600 bucks a night. So enjoy your credit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, now I'm spending more money. You know, I actually ended up getting to use it in a pretty good way this past year. It was for one of our friends' weddings and the price of their hotel dropped dramatically like the day before we were supposed to stay there and it was a fine hotel and, and resorts. And yeah, it was like maybe 350 for the weekend and I got $200 off. Nice, so, nice. But, but most of the time, you're right. It's like, oh, here's your $800 a night hotel. Good luck. <laughs> so I, I, use, I use ours a lot. 
My rule with Maria is when I'm traveling solo, she gets a spa day. And one year I was gone over a long weekend, so she got a spa trip. So there's a wellness, I mean, there's a lot of wellness resorts in Arizona, like Miraval, but there's one called Savannah, uh, which is very, I mean, I haven't been, but very similar to Miraval, except it's not all inclusive. So the rates are significantly lower. It's usually like two or $300 a night. So for a long weekend, especially if I've got multiple cards, um, I think that one is under whichever Amex one you only need to book one night for. And so can just kind of stack two or three of those credits there to, to knock them out. She highly recommends it. So if you, know, you ever need to send Alexandra or someone to on a nice relaxing getaway to Arizona, send her, send her there, use your credits and you're good. Michael's down. Not- I was going to say, now that you put it out there, Travis, now it's an expectation. So thank you for that. You're welcome. (laughs) There goes all my credits. Mm. (laughs) I will tell you one credit that I am annoyed that I can't use, and I would actually make the effort to use, but I can't because it won't code properly, is the monthly wireless credits on the Amex Business Platinum. We use Google Fi for our cell phone service, and that literally won't trigger that credit. It's the most annoying thing ever. I have three, three of those cards, so that's $360 a year that I at the current point in time can't use well super frustrating that's why i use t well that's not why i use t-mobile but shit t-mobile it works it codes fine it works great yeah nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then to to wrap this one up i'm very much like all of you i don't have a a super formal process most of my credits are kind of automatic on a monthly basis i don't have to think about them Really, the only thing that comes to mind for me is is the SACS credit and the airline incidental credit that I get on the Platinums. And I guess the Dell credit, I have Business Platinum as well. And I'm super lo-fi on this one. I just send myself a, a scheduled email on like January 1st and July 1st each year. I think it just says, Bryce, you have the following credits. You should use these. And then I'll just, if I don't use them kind of in that first week to get them out of the way, I'll just kind of reschedule it to come back in two weeks or a month or whatever. Just keep on doing that until I use them. But usually I can just blow right through those and I'm done and nice and simple. So you see me on have, those too. <laughs> there we go. Look at this. <laughs> Emily's getting all the resources from this call. <laughs> I have a fun take to share to circle back to a comment made earlier in the spot. If we'd like a little That's intermission. Right. Yeah. Travis, you mentioned that you took the flight from uh, Maldives to Sri Lanka, which was like an hour. Do any of you guys know what the shortest operated flight by Emirates is? Ooh. Um, hold on. Let me think. No clue. No, yeah. Okay. I'm going to take a guess that it is Dubai to Bahrain. Close. But it's not the winner. Dubai to Abu Dhabi. (laughs) No. I don't actually know if they operate that. Yeah. It's a two hour drive. (laughs) Oh, I think I thought it was a, I thought at one point in time, one of the airlines there offered as a bus route, not a flight. Etihad. Whether it was Etihad. Okay. There you go. All right. The winner is. Dubai to Muscat in Oman is blocked for 41 minutes. The distance is 211 miles or 340 kilometers. And the fun facts here are that the electrical wiring used on an Airbus A380 is 160 kilometers. And this flight is basically (laughs) just over double the amount of electrical wiring in the plane. Wow. It also takes roughly, according to this statistic, 35 minutes for the cleaning crew of 42 people to clean an A380 and this flight takes 40 minutes. Oh so those God. are your fun facts of the day. Wow. Man, wow. I was I was close. I, I forgot about Oman. Yes. 
I feel like fun fact of the day is something we should add to all podcast episodes going <laughs> forward. That was fun. Yeah. Yes. I thought, I like I thought that. that was fun to share. Yes. Yeah. So let's move on to 2024. <laughs> I'm curious to hear what, what are some of your kind of points and miles resolutions or goals or, you know, what do you have going on in this coming year uh, that you're hoping to accomplish with points and miles? I'm definitely trying to reduce some annual fees, even though we always tell people that you should be sure that you're getting more value from them uh, than, than what you're paying. And I do think that I am. I typically think of my annual fees in a vacuum. I think of my annual fee for just this one card. I haven't ever really thought of it as the total amount of annual fees that I'm paying. And now thanks to my 10x, I see that I've got over $3,000 in annual fees, which is a big number, but it's also not that surprising once I think about, well, business platinums and platinum cards, like those annual fees are pretty, pretty large. Um, and I've got more than one of the business platinums. So definitely wanting to probably reduce those annual fees some. Um, I've been looking at maybe closing one of my business platinums, maybe even my Ritz card. Um, I've had my Ritz card for a long time, and I know that a lot of people have been upgrading to it recently. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, Don't leave me now. Means you probably, that means you probably also have the really solid heavy metal one, not the less solid heavy metal one that they're issuing now. So yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> my first one did expire in January of this year, so I my mm. new replacement card is not the the solid heavy metal one. It is the the lighter one now, unfortunately. <laughs> Way more, less fun slapping that thing down on the desk and check out, isn't it? <laughs> We're like slanging it down. It's like yes, <laughs> it's it's just one of those cards that when I'm looking at it, I do break even on it every year between its uh, flight credit and the. The hotel certificate that comes with it. I certainly break even on the card every year, but that's it. Like, I don't really feel like I'm ever getting huge extra value out of it. So that's probably on the, on the chopping block along with narrowing down some of the platinums I've got. That's really the biggest thing that comes to mind right now is just kind of reducing some of those annual fees, because even if I'm breaking even on them, What's the point of paying them if it's just break even? Is and used to that wasn't my philosophy. My philosophy was, well, I'll keep it open even if I'm breaking even, just in case I can do better. But now I'd rather just not have to pay it than than spend the effort to to break even. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Like I definitely want to cut down on some annual fees too. I think my focus, my area of improvement for 2024 is to be like more strategic about closing cards and not just sitting on them and realizing that I've paid another annual fee. So I want to get better at that, especially because some of the cards are just things that I I don't get that much value out of, or I don't need to hold in my wallet anymore. I've definitely held on to the Southwest cards for too long, considering that I earned the companion pass in January of 2022. So I probably could have closed, closed those like a year ago, but here we are. So just like looking at some of those cards that might not deserve a, a spot in my wallet currently. And then my other my other goal is to be better about like mapping out my spending for the year. A lot of times like big expenses come up as a surprise, but if you can kind of predict them better, then you don't have to scramble at the last second to get a new card to make it feel worth it to spend a, a big chunk of money on something you're going to have to spend anyway. 
So I've just been kind of like, it's been a personal finance past couple of weeks trying to just figure out, you know, where, where spending is going to go and making sure I'm prepared to, to maximize the, the spend. How about you, Matt? For me, it's, it's uh, hotel cards are on the chopping block. Not for me, but for Ashley. I've been a longtime proponent of basically never close hotel cards, ones with free night certificates, just because of the outsized value they present. So Ashley's had a Merit Bonvoy or Merit, yeah, Bonvoy Boundless card, the World of Hyatt card. And she also has the Hilton Business card and has had those for a couple of years. And it's finally gotten to the point now where the certificates have been really hard to use for her, like with her account. And the reason for that is uh, because I have the status at both Hyatt and Marriott. And so it's not the end of the world, but we've just kind of found that last year was kind of a struggle to make it work. And I think we made one or two of them work for her, maybe on like a girl's trip or something like that. But this year we, even with like 90 days to go until they were expiring, I was like, oh yeah, we've got to use those. Oh yeah, I've got to use those. And just like couldn't find a use for them. So it's like, all right, why are we paying a hundred bucks essentially on each? This is dumb. It's time to to cut the cord and let those go. If you make a reservation for one night and then use her free night, will they like apply the status to your whole reservation it's, or is it, you know, it's hit or miss? Hit or miss. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hit or miss. So I'm not using my status as like the driving force behind it, but it's just in almost all cases, we're going somewhere together. We're going to book it under my account because one, I want the nights and two, I want the benefits to come with that. It sounds pretentious. But <laughs> I get I get it, but... Okay, you know, Mr. Hey, Ambassador. Got, you yeah, earned it. We've, <laughs> yeah, we've gotten some good use. Of, most of the time, honestly, we've, we've used those just to like go stay at a hotel the night before a flight. And last year, we stayed at a Marriott for like 150 bucks and we paid, you know, 95 bucks. And I was like, is that really worth it? Like, yeah. Yeah. So well, those uh, are on the, the chopping block for me this year. That's like kind of why, even though I on paper break even on the Ritz card, a lot of times I'm finding myself like I need to maximize it. So on our, uh, we're well, by the time this airs, we will have come back from Paris, but our flight back uh, is out of Vienna, Austria, and it leaves at like 6 a.m. in the morning. It's a super early flight. Haven't told Maria this aspect of it yet, but uh, it is what it is. Will you, will you be in Vienna that morning or do you also have to get to Vienna that morning? We're flying to Vienna the day before, okay, so I have yes. one night there and okay, Maria had an 85K Marriott certificate from her Ritz card that expires in February. So I was like, perfect, we'll use it here. Well, there's some really, really nice hotels in Vienna, but they're in the city. They're not near the airport. And the airport's not that far, but there's a moxie right across the street from the airport. And I was like, you know, please don't tell me you're using an 85 K certificate at a moxie. I'm not, but, but (laughs) my point is I wanted to stay at the moxie, even though we're going to get into Austria, we still would have gone into the city. I wanted to stay there. So that way the next morning, we're just right across the street from the hotel. Instead, we're staying at, I don't even remember which hotel it was. It was like 500, 600 euros a night in downtown Vienna, which is awesome. But is that actually what I wanted? No. Is it going to be nice? Is it going to be a good experience? Presumably so. But it's until that's 3.30 or 4 a.m. Wake up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's when you'll really be regretting that decision. Exactly. And even though, you know, I may have gotten an extra 20 or 30 minutes at the Moxie, that makes a pretty big difference there. So definitely a little 
like that's part of it too, is the feeling that I need to extract the value to justify paying the annual fee rather than just using it how I want at the 120 euro a night moxie. I'm still keeping all my hotel cards. I should clear because <laughs> I love them. Yeah. And then for me, I, some kind of general trends that I think are going to happen for me in 2024, I, I, I intend to get rid of virtually all of my co-brand cards for many of the same reasons we've heard here with kind of one additional layer of detail. And that is that uh, having a family of five now, I feel like has taken us into like a different level of traveling. Like most travel seems to be designed for families at four at most. So going from four to five last year, really, we can't do standard hotel rooms anymore, especially when you're abroad. That's too many people, which means any free night certs that we get from hotels, cards are, are generally not going to be worth it. And those sorts of related benefits. So most of my co-brands are on the chopping block. And actually, this is kind of big for us, too. This will be the first year that I have no intention of earning a Southwest Companion Pass. So <gasps> it'll end basically a decade straight of Companion Pass is over. And I my feel like you just this, have to... You just have yeah. to commit to the bit. You just have to get it and not use it. <laughs> <laughs> just keep keep my streak going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe and, and you I might, should fly. Maybe I will. Times. Yeah. Uh, if you don't okay. Call, Change of plans. <laughs> if you don't get an email in like February to be like, Price, we miss you. What happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah like personal from the CEO. Yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, my thinking on that is is along the same lines of going to like a family of five. Really, the only time that we use Southwest anymore is for repositioning flights. And it was nice when you have companion pass and let's say there's like two of us, three of us, even four of us. Okay. You know, one third, one fourth of this flight is free with the companion. But when you go to five people and you have, you know, you're looking at multiple different flight options, the incremental value of having companion pass just shrinks, shrinks, shrinks. And now we're to a point where it's like, okay, we want the best route because when traveling with kids, I'm not going to take an extra stop just to have a free companion ticket. So I think I'm going to have to let it go. It's going to be kind of sad. I think I, I just no, wait, have time a out. editor. Editor, can we add in the sound clip here of the actual song of Let It Go? Let It Go. I'm uh, quite that's, familiar with that that's song. Disney. They're going <laughs> to shut us down. Disney doesn't play yeah. well with their copyright. <laughs> yeah. If Bryce sings it though, I think yeah, we can get away true. with it. <laughs> On a future episode. Yeah. Karaoke time with Bryce. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to let that go. So uh, rest in peace, Companion Fast. You've been great. I'm sure I'll come back at some point, but for now, it just does not make sense compared to wow. other options I can pursue. So, end of an era. I mean, this yeah, is, like this a, is not your Companion Pass era. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm transitioning a new era. The Companion Pass house burning down behind me. Yeah, so moving on. I think you're you're taking the wrong approach here, Bryce. I'm just going to be honest with you. All right, let me hear it. Every time you take a trip. You put the kid's name in a hat and you draw one and that kid stays behind. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Work from Home Alone Lone style. Home yep, Alone I style. I watched that last night. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin McAllister, not Macaulay Culk. There oh, we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my 2024. Um, in a moment, we're going to talk about trips that each of you are kind of looking forward to in 2024, whether booked or, or still planning. But first, I did want to circle back and kind of double click on that decision of kind of keeping cards versus closing cards. It sounds like a lot of us are kind of downsizing our card portfolio in 2024. This is a very common question we get from our readers is kind of how do I think through that? So if we could go around again, you just give us kind of the basics of how you think through, is this card worth keeping or not downgrading kind of what goes through your mind during that process? I think the simplest thing you can do is what do I pay in an annual fee this, for this card and what value do I get out of it? I pay $450 for this card. Did I get 451 or more dollars out of this card in value? 
for the average person, that's going to be your sort of first sort of litmus test for whether that card's a keeper or not. Afterwards, you can kind of go through and see some of the supplemental things like we've talked about here. It's like, well, I don't need to squeeze every last penny out of the annual fee. I want to feel like I got something out of it or maybe a majority of it. That It's just sort of the cost to play. But for if you're, this is your first time kind of going through an audit or whatever, I would start there as your sort of initial point to just see, all right, am I getting more value out of this card than I'm putting into it? Nice yeah, and simple. I, I don't think I have anything to add to that. I, I pretty much do do the same thing. It sounds like Travis needs to get more than $451 worth of value in order to keep it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am. That's the problem is I am. But I don't know. It's 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 the dilemma of, and I think this is part of it too, is it's easy to look at those high annual fee cards and eliminate those because it's eliminating a big annual fee. But I also have a large number of cards with a $95 annual fee that literally the only benefit I'm using is a 35K Marriott free night certificate or a category one through four Hyatt certificate. That's literally the only reason I'm using that card every year. Is it worth it to keep those open as well? No, but I kind of by default look at eliminating the big annual fees first. And it's harder for me to justify the big annual fees versus the small ones when it comes to breaking even. I think my approach is very similar though, but I typically start by just asking myself, did I even use this card last year? <laughs> and if I didn't use the card or its benefits at all, it's an easy decision to to cut it. If I did use them, then it becomes, am I getting the value? Or like for me, it's the it's two decisions. It's am I getting the value for the annual fee or is this card impacting my personal strategy? Uh, and what I mean by personal strategy is I like to be very risk averse with the banks. I don't like to push rules too hard. I don't like to sit on that fringe. I look at it as even though nothing has happened yet, doesn't mean that it won't happen. So sometimes I just because I'm eligible for a card every 24 months, I might wait 30 or 36 months to do it again. But another thing that I personally play by is, for example, with Chase, I don't like to have more than six or seven Chase cards open at a time. So if I'm planning on getting some more Chase cards in the near future, then I'm going to look at that as a reason to close. That's why I've closed a World of Hyatt card because it's taking up a spot for me personally that could be much more valuable because of the bonus that I could fill it with. So it's, it is a balancing act and it's kind of finding it for you. And that's something that I have just developed over years of doing this. But like Matt said, if you're wanting to, if you're trying to figure out what cards to close for the first time, yeah, just ask yourself, am I getting more value than the annual fee? That's a very easy cut and dry litmus test. I think it's smart to look back on whether or not you've used the benefits in the previous year, but I also think it's smart to look forward and see like what value you could get out of it in the coming year, um, especially when it comes to benefits like uh, trip insurance, depending on what card you booked. If you used your Chase Sapphire Reserve to book travel that you have in 2024 and you're banking on that delay insurance, don't close that card because it has a high annual fee because then you don't have those benefits. So Or downgrade. Yeah, yeah. So just like plan... Try and think forward as much as you can on what you've already booked or 
like me, if I know I'm going on a road trip and I'll want to use a free night here, I'm not going to close my Hyatt card because then I, I won't have that to use and I know I'm going to use it. So it's kind of like a backwards and a forwards analysis, if, if that helps. Here's, here's how I simplify putting those two things together. I know most people in points and miles when asked this question will give similar answers to what we heard about. Ask yourself, is it worth the annual fee? But for me, I actually think through kind of just a simple pros and cons list. And with the annual fee being one of the cons. So let's say we're talking about like a Chase Sapphire Reserve, like Emily just mentioned. On the con side, if you will, $550 annual fee, at least at the time of recording here. So, okay, that's, I guess that would be a, a pro of closing it. You can organize it however you want. But then, okay, what am I giving up if I close this card? And then you think through, okay, trip insurance and any trip that I've booked this card. Okay, that's gone. Lounge access that I would lose to this card. Okay, you write that down. $300 travel credit. Uh, you want to make sure that you have some other card to protect your points. If it's like a transferable currency and you're looking to close a card, so you jot that down and you just truly like no deep analysis. Just look at this list. Like, am I going to pay 550 bucks for this, 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 and this, and then say yes or no. And to kind of paint in generalities, I think most co-brand cards are not going to make the cut. If you're doing like a truly rational analysis from points to miles for transferable currency cards, Depends on the situation. You certainly want to keep at least one in every major family so you're not going to lose your points. And you definitely want to keep one kind of premium card open in a household, if you will, so that you have the trip insurance, the lounge access, and all that. But really, I think most people overthink that decision. And it's really as simple as just pros and cons. It's funny you talk about losing lounge access. And one of the things that I'm considering right now is, do I want to keep any of my platinums open between my personal Mm -hmm. and my business ones? You don't want to go hang out in the Centurion Dungeon at, at Bush? <laughs> That's exactly why. Wow. I, I have the United Club card. Um, I fly United a good bit out of Houston. And even though the United Clubs are not nearly as nice as the Centurion lounges, they're much more convenient. So the amount of times I've gone to the Centurion lounge over the past year has significantly declined, both from... First of all, overcrowding. They're exceptionally crowded now. Second, they're usually more inconvenient for me to get to, um, departing from my home airport. So I was asking myself, do I really still want Centurion Lounge access? And I don't know. I haven't decided yet. How will you access the Columbus Escape Lounge then? Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Good point. (laughs) And like the, what, Delta Lounge is five times per year or whatever they ended up settling on with that. I flew Delta once this past year. Mm. against your will too right i would have flown united (laughs) if i could Uh, i take it back i flew it twice i flew it twice because i flew it from houston to atlanta and then atlanta to charlotte and travis just triggered every uh, listener from the state of georgia (laughs) i forced me to fly delta and salt lake city the people in salt lake it's funny when we're doing this analysis too on the marriott ones i ran into this issue um, of the marriott free night certificates earlier this year where Marriott's IET, if you're trying to book it, Marriott will just apply the certificate that you can use that expires next. So I had an 85,000 free night certificate, but I also had five 50,000 point free night certificates, which was offered as a welcome offer on, I think the Marriott Boundless. The bound, boundless, yep. yeah. Yeah, um, the Boundless. And uh, for my trip, that is upcoming at the time of recording, completed at the time of airing to Paris, I was wanting to use my 50K night certificates for the courtyard. 
it's over Christmas and New Year's. Everything's like really high for points. So I really wanted to use them there. Plus, we're going to be out in the city much. I don't need the nicest hotel. Well, anyways, online, every time I went to book it, Marriott would apply my 85K certificate before my 50K. And I was like, I don't want to use that here. I want to use my 50K. So I called in. They couldn't do it either. And just the headache, I had to make a reservation with my 85K. So that was used. Then you make a second reservation with my 50Ks because now they were available. Then go in and cancel my 85K in order to get the certificate back. It was insane. So... Just the ease of use as well. Like I spent over an hour trying to figure this out between on the phone with Marriott. Like sometimes that plays into it too is, man, this is just a headache to use as well. That card's getting Shout cut. Shout out to huh? Marriott IT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This p- not sponsored by Marriott's IT department. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's pivot to a more positive note, I guess, if you will, for 2024. Can, can each of you tell me about the trips that you kind of have either planned already on your mind, where are you hoping to go and, and how are you hoping to do it with points the most? Yeah, I am really looking forward to my trip to Australia in March, which is booked already. So I can kind of tell tell you guys how I did that. Um, I used American Airlines Advantage Miles and I had enough for one round trip and one other one way. And I did not have enough for Michael to return. So my options were Sorry, either Michael. Yeah, leave him there <laughs> or figure out how else to, uh, to get him home. So I, I put the return flight for him on hold, which is a nice feature that American Airlines has. And then I did something that we don't normally recommend, which is buying points. <laughs> uh, I bought, I think that the... the the return flight was 60,000 points. So I truly bought 60,000 American Airlines points, but that cost me How around- How much did you, okay, yeah. It cost me around like $1,400, which for a business class flight back from Australia to LA is a lot cheaper than the actual ticket would have cost. So yeah, I would have loved to not do that, but in the grand scheme of things, paying $1,500 for uh, two round trip flights to Australia, first class on the way there and business on the way back, I think- is a net positive. <laughs> that's probably also like knowing Australia, that's probably what you would have paid for an economy ticket one way. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So no regrets on that. And then as far as the hotels go, I booked, we're staying in the Park Hyatt, Sydney, and we are the guest of honor thanks to yeah. Matt's globalist status. I still uh, think about I still think about that breakfast. I, I every, can't every, wait. Every once in a while. It's so good. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so we're doing that and then we're going wait, wait, wait. up. What? Hold up. You, you forgot the, what I forget? the your end of the bargain you, you agreed oh, yes. to in doing this. I have to eat kangaroo. Yep. <laughs> you haven't had kangaroo before? Oh, Did Travis, just, where yeah. would I have eaten kangaroo? <laughs> <laughs> Do they serve it at Outback? Because I could go try it there. <laughs> no, yes, I have so. not eaten kangaroo yet. But yeah, that was the trade that Matt and I made, which was... Yep. I even gave you the restaurant you need to go eat it at, like less than a half a mile, I believe, from the hotel. So you'll be in great shape. Yeah, perfect. So, so that, yeah, that covers Sydney. And then we're going up to the Great Barrier Reef in Port Douglas, where we're staying at a Sheridan, the Sheridan Grand Mirage, which is a Marriott hotel, Marriott hotel. And uh, I booked it using Marriott points, using a fifth night free for staying, you get a free night for staying five nights. So, and it's funny. I think we may have spoken about this before, but 
Sheridans abroad are much different than Sheridans within the U.S. <laughs> so it looks like a beautiful, nice resort. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Any, any other trips besides Australia that you're kind of hoping to take in 2024? Well, we've got a couple weddings, so have to account for those. And I don't know, I might try and use the companion pass once we enter it again to do like somewhere in Mexico or Costa Rica, because those are just pretty easy to do for like a shorter trip, four days or something. So I haven't thought too hard about those, but it all depends on PTO, PTO schedules, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about y'all? I'll go next. I'll clear the way for Travis. I'm in a weird spot where we have zero trips booked for next year. Literally Whoa. none. And like none, none even like, yeah, we should go ahead and book that. Like haven't decided where we're going, what we want to do. So that it's a very, a very weird spot because I've also been a longtime subscriber to the philosophy of I can't come home from a trip until I have another trip on the like upcoming list to start looking forward to. And I've, I've broken my own philosophy. That being said, we did kind of yesterday talk about, hey, let's maybe see if we can squeeze in a trip to Europe next week and go to like a Christmas market. So like there's a chance that might actually happening. You'll have to listen to the next episode, I guess, maybe to see if that actually did happen. Other than that, (laughs) that's literally the only thing we have booked. So now I'll I'll yield the rest of my time to Travis for his like insane (laughs) schedule next year. I mean, especially though with Air France flying to Raleigh, right? And isn't that a flying blue promo right now anyways? It just expired. Well, sorry. Maybe the transfer. Yeah, I think that was a November one. Oh, okay. Or maybe that was the transfer bonus. One of them, yes. I can't remember. But yeah, like that could happen. We could go for a long weekend and outside of Paris and drink champagne. I have no clue, but hopefully that will change soon. But there's a nice looking Marriott in Rems is where we're staying. So nice. Well, I have more trips than Matt planned. Like Emily, I am also going to Australia in March. We are overlapping by what, like seven hours? Yeah, you roughly. leave like the same day that I land there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm flying... Wait, months. wait, wait. So you guys can go eat your kangaroo together? Hey. No, but uh, not in any fancy lounges because Travis is ditching his platinum card. So yeah, maybe yeah, Emily right? could like guest him in. <laughs> yeah. Mm, sneak you true. in to get some kangaroo. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Literally all I have planned so far are flights there and flights back. So need to get on that. But we're flying United Polaris nonstop from Houston to Sydney. And then Maria is flying... Uh, We're hopping over to New Zealand and then she's flying Singapore Airlines from New Zealand to Singapore to New York. So she'll get to fly the world's longest flight, which is pretty cool for her. Hopefully we'll see. That's a long flight. (laughs) Like on this trip itself, I think the Houston to Sydney is like the seventh or eighth longest flight. So she'll have two flights that are within the, the world's top 10 longest on one trip, which is crazy. Um, I hope she likes long haul flying. Yeah, how many spot days do you have to pay for that one? <laughs> no, she actually prefers, uh, we both like prefer them to be longer, you know, rather than a shorter flight. So we'll see though. Those are pretty long. Then I'm headed up to Amsterdam for a few days before going and doing a diving trip in Scandinavia. So doing uh, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Then in July, I'm going on another dive trip to Bikini Atoll in the Pacific, but we are talking because we realized the only trip we have planned for Maria right now for next year is Australia, New Zealand. And to get to 
bikini, I have to fly United through Hawaii. So we're talking about maybe going to to Hawaii beforehand, um, kind of sandwiching those two together. It works out for me too, because if the trip combined, then the spa deal goes out the window because she technically got to come on the trip to some extent. I want to <laughs> just have the editor pull that soundbite of the last like 30 seconds and just use that for our promotion anywhere. We were talking and realized that Maria's only trip next year is to Australia. And <laughs> I have to go out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean on this other trip. So we might just go to Hawaii for another trip too. Like <laughs> people not in points and miles would just, their head was like, would explode at statements like that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to the feedback we sometimes get that like, y'all are kind of like, seem like you're out of touch. It's, it's because we have points and miles to do this kind of thing, but good catch, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I can tell, I mean, I don't blame them because I, that you saying we're out of touch reminded me I've got like a trip to Mexico. I've got a trip to Bonaire, like the shorter trips. Like I don't think of those as much. Um, just like gloss over them. Yeah. I'm just of, like, I mean, which is, I go to Mexico a number of times a year. Um, it'll be my first time in Bonaire though. So I'm excited for that. And for everyone listening, Travis's uh, out of office on our company calendar just says Travis everywhere. <laughs> 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 love it and for my uh, 2024 trips i have one booked which actually just booked last week going to the bahamas for spring break so late march going to stay at the uh the grand hyatt baja mar which is one of the better points and miles hotels out there and i imagine i'm going to probably run into a lot of points and miles people because it is a huge hotel that is fantastic for pretty much all groups of folks from like couples and honeymoons to like families and such they have kind of everything you're looking for it's a pretty short flight. So we're doing that in March. I actually did not end up using points for the hotel because again, kind of family of five could have decided to book like conjoining rooms, but they couldn't guarantee that until like a week prior to the trip. And I'm like, yeah, I can't really risk that. So I did end up using our luxury hotel friends. We actually have partnership uh, with folks who have access to Hyatt Privé rates. So I booked through them and got uh, one of the five nights was free, $100 hotel credit or property credit, I guess. Early check-in and we got ended up getting like a really nice room uh, with multiple bedrooms that's more suited for a family. So the, the price wasn't bad, paid cash for that. And actually this is probably what inspired my Southwest companion pass decision because I went to look for flights on Southwest and the times were, were pretty rough. It was like five hour layovers in Midway flying the wrong direction from you know Ohio to get there. So I was like, mm, no thanks. So that's that one's booked. And then we're, uh, the one that's not booked that we're you know very set on doing those. We're gonna go spend a few weeks in Greece uh, this kind of early summer shoulder season. I'm actually going to use our own award booking service for that again. So much easier uh, than doing it myself, even though I know what I'm doing. And we're going to just get an Airbnb somewhere close to a beach and just kind of hang out for a while. So those are two big ones. Kind of like Travis, I have other small trips, what we would call small, what most people would be super thrilled about, but just kind of like weekends here and there on points and miles. Uh, but those are the big two I'm looking forward to in 2024, at least for now. I, I think we need to pause and have a brief discussion this is this is an avios avios level discussion so oh, Bryce, i know where this is going you said privé <laughs> is it privé privé i don't How know do you say i'm privé privé that sounds right i think i wrote an article on everything you need to know about it and I don't know how to pronounce it. So it's really not everything <laughs> you need to know then. No. I, sh I clearly I <laughs> left something important out. You should have started the article with the phonetic spelling of it. <laughs> yeah. As I was writing it in my head, I was just saying prev, which is certainly not it. Oh no, that's it. It's definitely prev. Have you noticed a little accent over the yeah. E? Oh yeah. I had to figure out how to add that to my typing. <laughs> 
I remember. Yeah, we, it. Need, we need like a, a bingo card for these episodes because I would have just got bingo with like they're discussing a pronunciation of some sort of travel program or plan. Oh, hey, thumbs up here. Giving Matt grief for not having flown Emirates with a shower. Kind of, we, we keep on going back to these same old things and I love it. Look, I, I want to have you know, I didn't actually give him any grief. I just asked yeah, everyone you, who's flown it. You're the only one who's giving him yeah, grief right you, now. You took it to another level. Just resurrected did, so from check the dead, that on the so. bingo card. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, yeah. And then one check for kind of an out of touch comment about, well, yeah, I was going to Mexico over the weekends, but like, that's not even a trip. Right. So boom, <laughs> bingo, I win. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I pronounce it uh, fifth night free. Uh, I don't know how y'all say free it, but a. when I booked for them, I got that free <laughs> A. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my 2024. Now, I, I do want to ask one last question as we kind of wrap this up. And this is going to take us back to 2023. You know, the turn of the calendar year is a time when people often think back of the year prior, year ahead, think about resolutions. But one thing to think about in the year past is, you know, mistakes, things that they did that they wish that they didn't. And we all have them. But I'm curious to hear if any of you have any points and miles mistakes for either you or your P2 for 2023 that you wish you would have avoided and are willing to share with thousands of listeners. Yeah, I hinted at it earlier, but we had, I know of one, but it might've actually been two. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, free night certificates expire for Ashley. So that was a bad mistake. And also part of why I'm closing those cards. <laughs> You're learning from it. That's all yes. you can ask. Yep. <laughs> I think one of ours was not... Uh, using our own referral links often enough. There's a lot of times, especially with like friends and family where you give them this advice and you forget to send them your own referral link. And then it's kind of a bummer, but it's not, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but there are a few times when I'm like, okay, yeah, I could have had 80,000 more ultimate rewards and I just don't. <laughs> but what's, what's even worse than that though, is when you're talking about it and they're like, oh yeah, like, I don't know. And then like two weeks later, they text you and tell you that they applied for it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't in the moment. Like I, it, it's you waffled. So I didn't give you my link. And then two weeks later, yeah. you just applied for it without asking. Yeah. And then the you go to Thanksgiving dinner and you just kind of <laughs> awkwardly stare. It's like, Hey, could you pass the referral points? <clears throat> I mean, potatoes, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think this was as far as I can remember a fairly mistake free year with one exception. We went to Universal Studios over Thanksgiving and we stayed on site at Nada Points Hotel because some of their hotels give you the express passes included, but you get it the day you check in and the day you check out. So rather than like the last day we had tickets. I hope I can explain this well. <laughs> Rather than the last day we had tickets, like staying that as our last night, we checked out that day um, so we could spend fewer days at the the more expensive hotel. And then I had booked a, a four points by Sheraton in uh, <laughs> Orlando <sure>. nearby <laughs> that didn't look that bad online. But when we got there was fairly, it, it, it needed a renovation. Um, for sure. And so Maria was very, very not happy with me. And I was like, well, it only cost me $75. And she said, yeah, no wonder it only cost you $75. Um, <laughs> so that was my biggest mistake. But I did save it because she had a Hilton free night certificate from her Aspire card that we used to go to the Waldorf instead. So I managed to salvage it. But I think that was the biggest mistake was just not booking like someplace like the Waldorf up front. From the four points to the Waldorf. Just a natural progression. 
<laughs> we're not out of touch. Uber drivers, <laughs> Uber drivers, so confused. Like, wait, pickup is here, and I'm dropping off the Waldorf. Like, what happened? Did you like win the yeah. lottery or something? Are you out of touch? Uh, I tried telling Maria, but we get free breakfast here. That was what, not. A, was it a shout out Hilton Gold? Was it a muffin wrapped in like plastic, or are you talking about free breakfast at the Waldorf? No, at the at the, at the Four Points because of oh, my yes. marriage status, we got free breakfast. At Hilton, we yes. got the the dining credit, so we used that for our for our dinner. We did some some room service for dinner because our so you flight... gave up the chance to to make your own waffle well, at the Sheridan. So this actually like really worked out really well because we didn't do breakfast at the Waldorf the next morning. So our flight was like ten a.m. So, um, and we weren't sure how busy the airport was going to be Thanksgiving morning with people leaving Disney Universal. So we got to the airport decently early, and. I know that there's going to be some people wincing at this, but McDonald's breakfast everywhere. They used to have a steak, not, egg and cheese bagel. Turn. They used yeah. to have a steak, yeah. egg and cheese bagel. There were like no lounges we could access at Orlando. And so we were like, fine, we'll just go to McDonald's for breakfast. And they have pulled this like everywhere in Texas, but they had the steak, egg and cheese bagel there. So it was a really big win for us. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. <laughs> nice recovery. Yeah. Yeah. uh, McDonald's swooping in to save the day. As always, right? I had two two mistakes in 2023 that also happened in Orlando in kind of similar fashion to Travis. Uh, The first one in the Orlando airport did not involve McDonald's, but we were flying Southwest home from a Disney trip. And we often get to the airport way earlier than we need to, because with Orlando, you can't have some crazy lines sometimes, even if you have clear and pre-check. And the closest lounge to the Southwest gates is, is the club at MCO, but it's actually in a different terminal. You have to take a train. And I've done this many, many times, pretty comfortable with it. So I did that, enjoyed the lounge, kind of heading back toward our gate. And when we, we come back on the train, we're trying to go to the other one. There's like a new rope up that prevents you from doing so. And they send you out through security again. I can't believe you, you didn't check your gate before you went to the lounge. Well, you're right. If I would have known. Well, I guess I was relying on experience. But apparently there's an international flight now that comes into the terminal that has the lounge. So you can't like transit from that train to like another part of the airport without going out through security. So we almost missed our flight home because, you know, I cut it generally kind of close. So it's like, oh, we'll just transit, go right to the gate, have cupments to spare. Nope. Family of five is heading out and back through security where the line is now long and then racing to our gate, which of course was like the very last one. So we got there just in time before they closed the door. So I guess close miss still was not fun. And then on that, uh, also in Orlando had a hotel mishap where woke up on the last day of our trip. We were like one more night to go. The manager's knocking on the door. It's like, Hey, uh, what time are you like checking out? It's like, Oh, we got, we got one more night here. He's like, no, no, you don't. Like shows me the receipt. Checkout date is today. And I'm like, uh, uh Oh, so I had, we'd changed the dates a few times and I had screwed up the checkout date. So we were one day short. So I look at my wife who's kind of upset and I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'll just book another night. Oh no, it's sold out that night. Like there's no single room available. So I was about to basically move to the equivalent of the four points, <laughs> which would, you know, not fun with an entire family. Saved it though, because I realized, okay, well, sometimes even if they say they're sold out for one night, they'll let you book like multiple nights because they're just saving that for like an extended trip. So I, I checked a, a few different nights and I, I found if I could book three more nights, I could get an even better room for cheaper and we could just change our Southwest flights and come home later and spend two extra days in Disney. So we did. So that was almost horrible. Ended up getting two extra days. And uh, I now triple confirm all of my checkout dates uh, for future trips. So close calls. And next time you're flying out of Orlando, instead of going to the club, you can just go get your steak, egg, and cheese bagel from the McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. So I think one of the trends you kind of saw on today's call is that remember that this is a marathon, not a sprint. You're hearing, you know, four points in a mile's quote unquote experts who've been doing this for quite some time who are telling you that we're all kind of simplifying, slowing down, trying to you know, focus our efforts on fewer cards and points earning opportunities because we don't have to. And that's because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Don't overthink it. Don't overdo it. Points and miles will make a considerable impact in your travel life, even if you're approaching it with the same kind of uh, approach that we all are here. You know, we're here to help you make the most of your points and miles this year. Signing up for 10X Travel Plus is one of the better things you can do. It gives you, again, access to two one-on-one consultations with our staff each year to help plan your general travel strategy, talk about trips, how to reuse your points, whatever you'd like. You can also use our free tool, My10X, which will help make it very easy to manage those points, see how many you have, kind of compare your totals and, and get suggestions on which cards are going to help you earn the next best points for you. And finally, join our Facebook group, which is now over 280,000 members. It's the largest points and miles in the most active points and miles group on the internet. Uh, you can come and share your knowledge of points and miles, ask questions, kind of connect with other readers. Love spending time in there myself. And last but not least, finally, enroll and revisit and brush up on our free course that teaches you how to travel the world for next to nothing. You can find that at 10xtravel.com course and linked in the show notes. For all of us here, I'm Bryce Conway. This is Takeoff, a podcast by 10x Travel. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios.